Welcome to the Alien Probe Podcast. The order of February 11th, 1949, that changed the name of Project Sign to Project Grudge had not directed any change in the operating policy of the project. It had, in fact, pointed out that the project was to continue to investigate and evaluate reports of sightings and unidentified flying objects. In doing this, standard intelligent procedures would be used. That's an excerpt from the report on unidentified flying objects. We have Dr. Bill here. Again, we're, we're looking into Mr. Repelt's book. Uh, welcome, Bill. How's it going? Hey, how are you doing? Living the dream, brother. Always. I was, yeah, I was just looking for Repelt's book. <laughs> Wait, I, I don't have any signs. So, project. I don't know what I do. It's interesting that Project Grudge is the name Grudge. It's it isn't it kind of I want to say ironic, but it's kind of weird. It's like there's a grudge. You have a grudge against somebody, you know. So well, it's kind of interesting that it started that. Well, I think we mentioned that last time, and it's been a while. It's been a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, we had uh, Flat Earth Girl on last week, and. Uh, that and then our producer was in a move. So um, apologies to everybody. It's been a couple of weeks since uh, we've had a new episode up, but we're gonna we're gonna double we're gonna double or triple down this week. So stay tuned. Triple down. Uh, we're gonna triple the, down. Um, the yeah project uh, Rupelt mentions in his book. People would ask him exactly that question if uh, calling it Project Grudge wasn't on purpose, and he kept saying no comment. Yeah. Um, who yeah, names that? Of... I went, who comes up with these names? I wonder. And you know, I, I thought about that as I was reading the book. I'm like, is there some guy? What are we going to call this? Is there some room? So what should we call it? The you know the project that we're going to use to debunk you know UFOs and aliens. You know, we're just going to we're we got to name it something that you know. And then they came up with that name. It's almost like they, you know, were well, it was somebody somebody was trying to be. Uh funny i think yeah it worked we'll do i was laughing so what happened this week we got all yeah, the I don't know. we got all the I'm answers actually, we got all the answers I'm right actually, i'm actually in a state of confusion because i'm looking for my root belt book <laughs> i'm just trying to fill well, in here while we do it. so yeah yeah this week something. this week was <laughs> this week was the revelation we're going to get all the answers this week about ufos and what is going on with them you know, throughout time. And we got absolutely what I would consider nothing more than we had before it came out. We know that, you know, the, um, that the aircraft have, you know, locked on to the Tic Tac UFO Tic-tac. and that it, uh, it, it appeared, it, it came on, uh, it, it appeared and they, they, painted it with their gun camp gun sights and then you know it flew away at incredible speed back to where you know it started from and uh we it's pretty well documented we've all seen it i've seen it a bunch of times just curious out of curiosity um i know we talked about um you had sent over a couple of videos on a guy that was debunking them and then another pilot that supported um and i i agree that we keep seeing that we keep seeing these things. Okay. I haven't seen it. I know you haven't either, but we believe that there's something out there, but 
you know, well, go ahead. I, I'm back. I found, Did I you find the book? book. Yeah, I mean, you don't need that. Crazy. You're a, you're a PhD. You already have this committed to, you don't even well, need the book. I have notes, but it's just nice to be able to sit down and <laughs> You want that book, book in your hand. <laughs> no, it was, I found it. I mean, I got too much junk here. Um, yeah. Um, so, so we know less than when we started, really. Yeah, that was a great, it was a great report. Um, yeah, it, the uh, preliminary assessment of unidentified aerial phenomena, 25 June 21, Office of the Director of National Intelligence. Now, I remember a couple of weeks ago when we were doing our podcast, you said that after this thing is released, I'm going to want to talk to, we're going to want to have everybody on of our guests and be able to talk about this thing and the revelation that's going to come. You kiddingly said that, of course, but um, I, probably, I thought that would be a genuine thing for did people you actually, to discuss. Did you, re- did you think that it, we, we were going to have some meat and potatoes stuff to really chow down on on this thing? Well, Project you know? Grudge, which was Project Grudge, which which was designed specifically to discourage sort of the whole UFO yes sighting thing, had a six hundred page report. And it's the government, so you expect you expect like a, some sort of bureaucratic document dump. I expected something more. It's literally eight pages. Well, the nine, uh, you know here's nine how pages. here's how bizarre this is. I have they never cover this stuff on our local TV, their news station, and they you covered mean, it. You, yeah, like you, Channel you, Three, UFO stuff. like yeah. Channel Three, and they we did the release. You know, yeah, they never cover UFO, you know, because it's wacky, right? Um, yeah, yeah. They covered the release of this information, and they had a guy on. They said, "How?" And they said, "Well, one page. There's like two page, One page is the index, and one page is." <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, it's you it's know six. It's six pages. If you, it's like one. Two pages are the appendix. Yeah. Yeah, appendix A, <laughs> appendix B. Yeah. And then there's one, two, three, four five six pages and the scope and assumptions there's nothing in that and then i made i marked you know everything that's like relevant in this and you'll see that it's uh, it's not much but there is a little there is a few gems in here uh the first thing is on page three the executive summary unclassified it says most of the uaps reported probably do represent physical objects given that a majority of UAPs were re- were registered across multiple sensors to include radar, infrared, electro-optical, weapon seekers, and visual observation. So we, they, we just don't, they're saying I they're mean, phys- physical objects. Right. So that's good. That's a start. Something's there. We yes. don't know what it is, but it's there. And then they say there's five potential explanatory uh, categories. They also go, these observations could be a result of sensor errors, spoofing, which is uh, electronic countermeasures, radar and others, or observer misperception and require additional rigorous analysis. Five potential explanatory categories. Airborne clutter, which I'm not sure what that is. Natural atmospheric phenomena, USG or US industrial development programs. So that including that in that list is sort of weird because they sp- 
specifically say that this was these sightings that they cite in the sightings that they cite in report were not U.S. government or U.S. industrial development programs or not U.S. government programs. But were they not U.S. government programs? Were they Russian? I don't know. I, we I, don't I know. haven't we don't made know. that. Well, that's a second. Foreign adversary systems is a separate category. Yeah. And catch all other bin. Yeah. Which other bin includes aliens. Um, but does it say that? It just says no, it it's say uh, that, it, say it, that. that we say that. But <laughs> we say that. Yeah. Uh, but we're no further ahead. It, what's ironic? What is ironic is we read this Rupelt book, and it's almost like we're reading events from today. Only. Oh, it's exactly the same. It's exactly the same. And this is yeah. this is this is the almost. Um, it's like they cribbed this or copied this, which we'll get to someday as we wade our as, way through the Rupelt as we book. Grind through the book. <laughs> grind through the book. Uh, the Roberts report. From January 14, 1853. Actually, I have the Durant report of the Robertson panel proceedings, which I'm not sure what that is, but this is like a compiled report. But this isn't the original Roberts panel report. This is something that was sort of compiled from different release of documents. Uh, And you know this isn't the original Roberts report because there's a paragraph, excuse me, in Ruppelt's book from the Roberts report, and that paragraph is not in this compiled report. So the the Roberts report, which you know, we'll get into, the Roberts report was basically um, yeah. uh, they basically said uh, move forward with Project Blue Book. Uh, it's the same. It's basically it's the same crap as we're seeing in this thing. Saying, like, oh, we need. Um, we need to seriously take. We need to take this uh, matter import. We need to take this situation seriously, and we need to uh, specifically. <clears throat> um, what do they say? Build instruments or um, look at technologies to be able to figure out uh, what the shit figure- is. Yeah, figure out what it is. Yeah, and the Roberts report—they did the same thing. Roberts, they said we're going to do, um, you know, we're going to build these cameras and we're going to do all this other stuff, and none of it happened. Yeah. Uh, the the Roberts report also said let's do a uh, disinformation campaign and convince the um, the public to stay away from this because everybody that says, you know, you if you say you see a UFO or you know whatever, we're just going to paint you as a nut. And that was that was part of the uh, Roberts Report CIA agenda. Um, if a UFO landed in your on your property today, who would you report it to? Nobody. Yeah, you wouldn't tell would, anybody. I would. Um, I would. Well, you're worried about would, you're worried about being labeled a crackpot. I'm personally don't care. No, I I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't tell anybody. I would. Do my best to capture the aliens and take over their ship is exactly right. what I would do. I you mean, I'm not going to screw around. Yeah, I'm not going to screw around. Yeah, I'm not going to screw around. I'm going to um, I'm going to capture going to, capture to and and take over. Bring all and the weaponry will, you can carry and just you know. And then uh, then it's mine, and I am going to um, uh, 
sell the technology to the highest bidder. Wow. Um, that's a good, whatever, you know, I can, what? whatever I can manage. That's hey, a good retirement Kufo. plan though. That's a good retirement plan. <laughs> it's the only retirement plan <laughs> I have. Hey, so there's this other book. Hang on real quick. Okay. As we grind our way through chapter, I think this is chapter four of the dark, the dark ages and Rupel's book. So I'm back. Are you there? What you got? Uh, so the day after Roswell book, I know you got a, you got a copy by Colonel Philip J. Corso. And that's basically the crash was saying that the, there was a crash of a UFO at Roswell and they took that technology and developed like microchips and lasers and fiber, and fiber uh, optics. Don't forget Velcro. Velcro. Really? Yeah. And uh, Kevlar. Kevlar. Kevlar too. I haven't read it, but, um, so yeah. So if I can if I can capture a UFO, I am capturing a UFO for the tech, and I will exploit it to the best of my ability. I think that's uh, which, a good plan. I'll de I'll develop that too on you know my end. I, I think it's I think it's I think it is the big plan for the government and anyone else. So the report comes out. There's no Area 51. There's no aliens. There's no we have any ships captured. Do you think we have any ships? Do you think there's ships? I mean. Maybe not aliens. I don't know. But... I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, 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 the problem with a lot of this stuff and the problem is the, any sort of evidence that we have is witness testimony. And yes, there, witness yeah. testimony is, is always questionable. Plus, uh, we've had, you know, 70 years of, um, you know, here, from the Roberts report, 70 years of an educational program of training and debunking. Uh, at the end of this time, the dangers related to flying saucers should have been greatly reduced, if not eliminated. This is the dangers are people um, believing in them and the Soviets using the, the threat of uh, flying saucers to provoke a panic in the U.S. US while they do a sneak, extent, sneak uh, attack or something. It's almost um, like a soft, they know stuff, but it's like a soft release. Very, very, you know, we're going to give them, okay, we're going to say, okay, there's something there. We agree. We, we agree and we're releasing the information that we know, the gun camera footage and all that. We know that they're out there, but they also don't want to come out and say what you and I both know and what we've discussed this week is that we just don't have the tech to figure it out, to, to track them. Well, we're going to get tech. We need that. They agree that they have to do something to find them, but we don't have the technology to do it. We can't keep up with that shit. Well, I, I was I was thinking about that. And it's like the weapon systems and you, your Navy contact could actually sort of. Yeah. Chime in on chime in on this with more with real information, not yeah. sort of speculative stuff. But uh, you design a weapon system to do specific or or a um, uh, sensor system. You do a sensor system to do a specific task, and on military ships or aircraft, those tasks are to, to detect, you know, high high speed missiles which are right. a decent size to them, high-speed missiles, uh, aircraft of a certain size, and um, 
you know, they're designed to work to detect and work against the signatures that these specific objects produce. So aircraft or missiles will produce a certain heat signature or a radar signature or you know, whatever signature that they're testing for. And um, you go outside of those parameters and these instruments aren't necessarily can see much. So if you take advanced, you know, advanced system using advanced propulsion systems, whatever that is, and advanced materials, they're not designed to detect this stuff. So, right. But the, like with the Tic Tac stuff, they they were picking a, picking these things up on radar. You watched you watched uh, phenomenon just recently. Yeah. Yes, I yes. And I just watched it. I watched it again last night for the second time. I'd I'd seen it. Where'd you pick it up? At? Ago. Is it, it was on the Travel Channel or some weird, some weird channel. Yes, yes. You were I able to I pull don't... it out of there. Yeah, yeah. I was able to find it. Um, actually, I think I watched it on um, Amazon. Yeah. Oh. I think I might have. I might have. Yeah, I did whatever you do with Amazon, and that's that's where I saw it first. Yeah. Um. So. I watched it like six months ago and then um, just watched it again after reading all this stuff. And it's interesting because it's like I didn't put a lot of the stuff faces to people and, and tie yeah. it together. But one of the things that struck me last night was the uh, Nimitz. Uh, I think it might have been the Tic Tac. They said that the uh, Tic Tac actually employed electronic countermeasures. The, the, In the, the UFO did? Yeah, because the pilot, because they sent out. So you had the two guys, the two pilots that went out. And originally were targeted in on it with unarmed craft. And um, they came back to the carrier, and then another plane was sent out after it. And I think this might have been a uh, electronics detection one specifically. And that one couldn't get a lock on it. And they said in the in the phenomenon video, somebody was looking at it, said it, it had deployed electronic countermeasures and then shot off. So that's... Um, it doesn't even need that. I mean, yeah, maybe they did, and because they said it, that's fine. But well, what would they even but need it's that for? But it's interesting that it had the ability to do that, which says, you know, I mean, what's going on? I mean, is it? Uh, is it concerned that it's going to get blown out of the sky by one of our yeah, aircraft? Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe it was like, but it's it's uh, it's so there's a lot more. They have a lot of information, like from their sensors and all this other stuff. And they didn't release that in this report. Um, so you think with, you know, Lazar and all that, do we have those things? Do you think we have, oh, you mean, do we do have, we have any houses? UFOs? I know. I know we asked this question well, before. Well, another thing that was interesting in the phenomenon movie is that the Rockefeller guy, mm -hmm. he's, he writes a letter asking for information specifically on ufos and i guess the guy had the, the he's part of the rockefeller you know family right and his letter was asking for specific information about roswell why did he pick that one well and then they came out with yeah that's they came the out one. with the roswell report that just said oh it was the same weather balloon that we saw last time project mogul um yeah but, i but it was yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Did they find? Yeah, they, uh, yeah. It was so they came out with this report. So, but it's interesting because this course Corso book, which um, 
a major, I think it was The Guardian, classified it as one of the top 10 hoax books in the history of mankind, up there with the uh, Hitler Diaries and um, Alfred, uh, Alfred, Alfred E. Newman's, Alfred Madden, e. No, um, uh, Howard Hughes' biography or something. And the only reason they said it, it was hoax was because of the foreword by he conned or Senator Strom Thurmond to write a um, introduction for it. Well, he, the senator wrote an introduction because it was, um, you know, he knew the guy. He says, well, write a book, write an introduction for my book. And the guy's like, okay, it's like a page. It says, I knew the guy, he's a hard worker, and, you know, he's smart, basically. Yeah. And this guy, um, I was thinking about it. So if this was true, and uh, this is purely speculative, if they had discovered microchips in the wreckage of the Roswell ship, so if you look at a modern microchip, you can you know pop it apart and you can look at it under a microscope and you can see what it is and you can go, wow, this is, this is amazing. And yes. think about it in 1950s. Yeah, and printed circuits weren't a thing back then. Yeah, but they were invented within the next 10 years. Yeah, because we found them in the ship along with well, the yeah. Well, and, and this guy is saying it's reverse engineering. So here you go. The U.S. had two people at two different labs that pioneered um, microchips. Intel was one of them. And Texas Instrument guy was another one. And so what happens if they come out and go, oh yeah, it was, it was really, it was, we got the mic original microchips that we reverse engineered. We got them from a um, spaceship, from a flying saucer. Right. And I was, th I was thinking about that. I go, what does that do with the, the patents and the intellectual property on all this? Well, so uh, it's like yeah, the, the what's aliens the legal? Like, yeah, the aliens gonna come out. Hey, that was ours first, and we have interstellar patent you, on you it. You owe us. You owe us some money. <laughs> so yeah, it's like, what's the what's the legal ramifications if they come out with some of this high tech stuff like microchips and and other things? A lot of this stuff, I don't know how where the patent situation is at these this point in time, but it's like, what's the legal ramifications of of coming out and saying, yeah, you know, we didn't really invent it. Um, we're not that smart. We reverse engineered it from an alien spaceship. So just think about that coming out. What, how, how do you explain that? Yeah, So it would be really weird. And the next thing is the aliens themselves. I mean, we have gun camera footage and we have other footage that we've seen that the government admits is exists and it's real, but... Um, it's interesting. You sent me the book, The Encounter at Buff Ledge. And oh, they, yeah, uh, I got from Kufos. Yeah, I, I just want to say one of the illustrations is, you know, they've got a, the flying saucer is the UFO, UAP, was 12 feet high. It was right next to the dock. It's 12 feet high, and it's got alien, it's got images it's got an entity two entities in there i don't think they could really and they were taken and i know there's a more a lot more to that story but it's are there yeah. a, you know I, we don't have any footage of any aliens by the government that they're releasing you know well, other people there's other people that have said they've have images of of aliens 
Oh yeah, why, I'm looking at the drawing. Why not let them? Why not let those images out? Okay, there is aliens, and you know, I run across all. I look at everything weird because that's what we do. And uh, there was one story about a guy that was in the Air Force. He was in uh, White Sands, I believe. And I don't know if we talked about this yet, but it was on uh, you, was it YouTube. It was might have been on Netflix. It was weird. It just came up. And uh, this guy said that he, you know, they gave him a, a guard position out in the middle of like, there was a shack, like a shack to stay in that bed and all that. Yeah, Quonset hut. And he was uh -huh. the only one there. And that they had these entities would come out from the desert. These aliens would come out from the desert. And then he would, he was just, I don't know what his exact job was to make, but they would come out. They were, uh, they didn't talk. It was all mental. You know, they, you could hear them through your thoughts kind of yeah. thing. And, um, you know, they were like, they weren't, they were like humanoid. They weren't, um, they weren't the grays, you know, they were just humans, you know, like we talked uh -huh. about and, uh, well, they were like real tall and then they had, you know, like a baby and then they would, the baby would pick up a Coke can and, you know, be fascinated with it and things. I and mean, it's really weird. This dude was weird too, but. He claims that he was that in white, I believe it's white sands. There's you drive out, he drives out. And of course it's a secure area, you'll never get in there. But um they all of a sudden just kind of appear out of the uh and they have ships and they like fly off in these ships out of that area and they come and go. Yeah, it's the whole story about how they come and go all the time. Uh -huh. and, you know, but what I wanted to mention is, you know, we say we can't track them, but we can track if we're under attack with, uh, you know, thermal nuclear, nuclear missiles, uh, we can see them on a screen. They have the threat board at, you know, wherever, uh, Cheyenne Mountain or whatever, you know, like you saw war games, I'm sure, where they, yeah. uh, whether yeah. that, I assume that's somewhat real, where we've got the theater, which is our, the world, and they launch these missiles and you can track them as they're going. What? Those are at a phenomenal speed that they're tracking these missiles and they can identify them. They can paint them, identify them with satellites, you know, with our satellite tracking systems. Yeah. And they have at incredible speed. I don't know what that is, but I know it's pretty fast as they're, uh, yeah. you know, going as they, they go. There's, I think they're suborbital. So they, they are. They, yeah. And so they're they, thousands, of, thousands of miles an hour. Thousands of miles an hour. But yet we can't. Maybe because it's our technology that we, or the world's technology, we can do it. But we can't track these UFOs. Huh? I mean, when they, you well, know, things are darting around from our satellite tracking systems. Well, it's it's the same thing I said before. Those systems are designed to to detect specific signatures and specific type objects. So a nuclear missile, a nuclear war. Well, they carry multiple warheads, so they fly up. They're going to give a heat signature. Yeah, that, that, yeah. And then, um, you know, and then there's other signatures, whatever they are, after they, they hit suborbital and they do a, um, you know, the, the separate warheads are launched separately. Right. And that's a, that's yeah. their, the sensors and the ways of detecting are designed specifically to detect those objects. 
And that's why espionage has, has always been a big deal is because you want to know what they're made of. You want to know where they're stationed. You want to know, you know, you know, how they function. And, you know, the sensor systems are designed to specifically detect these type of weapons. And in the um, report that, that, we, that was just released, they actually say there's the challenges, UFP collection challenges. They say there's social culture stigmas and sensor limitations, which I was sort of shocked to see that. Uh, and they say it here, the sensors mounted on U.S. military platforms are typically designed to fulfill specific missions. As a result, these sensors are not generally suited for identifying UAPs, which, I mean, they're pointing out this, this same problem. And you go back to uh, you know, the Roberts Report and Project Blue Book under Ruppelt, they were talking about designing specific sensors to de and systems to detect uh, UFOs. They were even actually at one point, they were talking about uh, having a dedicated air wing to intercept uh, UFOs, but they're like, oh, we can't afford that. Well, plus, where the um, hell would you put it? They just pop in here and there. I mean, where would this thing be? Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, a, it's, yeah. It's, you'd have to have yeah. a million. It'd be like, uh, you know, a, well, you internal have a, you threat. Have a, you have a specific uh, jet's task to that at different, you know, out there at Travis, northern, southern, yeah, you know, California. You have one up in Washington. You put one at White Sands. I mean, you, you distribute well, they, them around. Well, they're talking about having a more advanced technology <laughs> to track them. But uh, let me just throw this out there. They can, they can, they were able to paint that thing with a gun camera. Yeah, but they weren't yeah, able to get a lock though. They they weren't able to get radar lock on it. They just yeah, saw that's it. when in the in the phenomena video they were saying that the with the the second ship or ship uh, fighter that went out was a uh, intelligence fighter, whatever they call that. Yeah, that one went out. They got gun camera image on the um, their sensor package. Got an image of the tic tac, the tic tac started doing countermeasures and then it wasn't they weren't able to get a lock and it took off so um that's... well they got some i don't know they said is that what it said because well, it ones. looks like there's, they got the, a, when i saw the there's video, the gimbal looked... one there's other ones where they got the um the gimbal one they were able to get a lock and then there's they got a couple other ones they got locks and that's definitive but on the tip I'm talking about the Tic Tac one right. specifically. Yeah. And that's the one where you had the two pilots. Well, you know what the Tic Tac is, but yeah. that's the one that gets the most attention um, and has, I think, the best. And that's also the one where the people came in onto the, the carrier group or the intelligence gathering ship and snapped up all the um, evidence. Uh, com yeah. Yeah. So what's the question? What's what's going on there? So that they people speculated that well, you know, it was some sort of experimental device because they came and got all the intel off of it, right? Right. So, um, it's a hell of an experimental device. But now we have this report that comes out and says, um, I don't know, the t of the hundred and forty-four reports, they identified one, which was a balloon. And um, which was swamp gas? No, which was a balloon, a large deflated balloon. And um, yeah, I don't know. Reports involved observation with multiple sensors. So yeah, I don't know. 
I mean, if it wasn't, it, but they also, I thought they said uh, that they didn't, that these were not, they had determined that these were not, you know, test, you know, secret, secret, yeah. secret test vehicles. Either that, you know, they could be Chinese or whatever. We've talked about that before. You well, know, it's... Um, who's the, the guy? Um, that's pretty incredible speed, though. I mean, if you think of yeah. the, and the changing of direction and all that. I mean, they make they fly, you know, fifteen hundred miles an hour, and then all of a sudden they make a right turn. Well, Elizondo makes Alexander makes a good point, and he said that this it's probably not Chinese because we were seeing this in nineteen fifties. China uh, didn't have the technology in the fifties. They might have it now. Um, yeah, they... but in the nineteen fifties, this was not China. And uh, the big, the big concern was that it was the Soviet Union, and the intelligence agencies and all this. And Project Blue Book came up and said, "No, it's not um, the Soviet Union. Let's make everybody think they're crazy if they see this stuff." So I don't know what's going on. Um, yeah, speaking of Elizondo, it's uh, like Elizondo. we were talking Elizondo, Louis, yeah. Louis. Um, it seems that he knows something, but and I thought ah, he doesn't know anything. But I think now I kind of changed my opinion on that. I think he knows something and he's pressuring and he's a, a big part of this release of information. Um, he knows well, something, was... but he, he's not going to say it himself. He can't come out with it himself. We were making fun of him because he wouldn't. Well, we were making fun of him. We were like disappointed because he wouldn't give, you know, you, when he was well, he, interviewed. He can't, he can't cross he can't cross a certain line yeah. and that that line probably has to do with um the type of sensor data that they've gathered and the systems that gather that information and places where these incidents may have um occurred so i mean so he he's got to be careful because it's as you saw i sent you that article from politico yeah. where it says ex-official who revealed ufo project accuses pentagon of disinformation campaign yes um, so he's, he wants to maintain his security clearance, which is a big deal. I mean, once you got it, yeah. well, once you, yeah, once you got Keep it, it, it's a good thing. You don't want to lose it. Uh, cause if you lose it, um, it's a lot harder to get it back. I yeah. know a guy who, um, didn't tell me where he worked, but he worked for a three letter government agency and um left the agency for a while and then wanted to go back and he didn't pass his uh, uh background check when he came back the second time and um you know that was really hard on him and he he um you know he he wanted to go back to this agency and they wouldn't take him back and uh, and it wasn't his fault. The background check, they they just they screwed him. They just screwed him. Did um, they say why specifically he was? Uh, um, I, did I they even talk... do that? I mean, do they even do that? Yeah, that's he, the reason. He failed. He failed his. He failed the um, lie detector twice. Well, then don't lie and about I shit. Think, I mean, well, I the lie detector doesn't. The lie detector test is. It's, yeah, uh, I know. They're whatever. Yeah, he. Um, 
the problem is, is that he had roommates. I was actually interviewed by a marshal, um, a retired U.S. marshal. It was great, great to talk to this guy because he used to do witness protection for mafia dudes. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was awesome talking to this guy. And um, he came in and, and um, he interviewed me. And I, uh, what I found out later from the guy is that... Um, were you at some... Were you a point of contact for the guy? Is that why you got He put me down as a reference, yeah. Okay. So he... Um, the thing is, is that... Um, they said that he didn't wasn't truthful on part of his his lie detector test. He asked to do it a second time, and um, they failed him again. And what I think happened is that someone else in his not me, someone else <laughs> in his it wasn't me. It, someone else in his because uh, this guy's golden. Yeah. But someone else in his uh, background check said something, and they had this data point and took it as fact when it wasn't true. And when they would ask the question on the um, uh, lie detector test, I don't think he failed that portion. But since um, they had this data point, they want to use the question as a pressure point to further question you on that particular topic. Right. And um, he kept saying, no, that never happened. And, um, and they, you know, you know, that was it. So he had someone in his background that basically just screwed him. Um, but I think he's better. I know he's better off at this point. So I know right. he's doing he's doing a lot. He's doing a hundred percent better. And he may eventually get back if he wants to go back with a three-letter agency. Right. But he will. Like I said, it once you he had a, he had the clearance. Um, he left the agency. He let his clearance lapse. And then he had to go through the whole system again to get his uh, clearance. You know, with interviews, they go into your background and they do all this stuff. And, um, you know, he wasn't able to get his clearance again. So Elizondo is fighting the Pentagon because they want to, they obviously, somebody in the Pentagon is mad at him talking about this stuff. And they said in this, this political article that they were rescheduling his, um, his security clearance renewal right and that's that's uh that's just so that they can go around and and find dirt on him and find an excuse not to give him another to renew his clearance well so then he'll sort of have like, i mean it's good it's kind of a catch-22 okay you remove his security clearance so it's like well i got nothing to lose now i'm just talking right i mean you know uh, yeah you do you, you have uh they can put you in jail yeah well, yeah. a lot of people oh, yeah, risk yeah. that to get the All it takes is one, you know, how long are you going to be in jail? Well, he's if, also, he's got a family, he's got a pension. Yeah, and he's got, yeah, you so know, they can, you they can do a lot that. of damage. They can, they can put you in jail, they can take your pension. Well, yeah, um, they the, can, but can it's kind of it, like what these, you know, Don Quixote's of the world that want all this information out. If you're really a hero, then yeah, you take a risk. And it's like, tell us. Tell us what you've seen. Tell, tell us, Mister Elizondo, what really is it out there? And well, um, that's the you know, well, I that's mean, the flip side of that's the flip side of the coin. Is um, you know, he either he has some juicy stuff or he has he nothing. doesn't have anything, and he wants to maintain that that aura of mystery. Yeah, and he's got a company or something, the production company. Well, or it's something, um, right? 
Oh, it's with that Blink 185 what, guy. Wait, 180, 182. Come on. Whatever. You, I'm, yeah. I don't, it's however many that. times a minute you blink your eyes or whatever. Really? <laughs> yeah. 182. Yeah, I do that. That's where the, come on, you're a professor. You know, that's the, you blink, you blink yeah, one, yeah. 182 times a minute. And that's second. where the, is, I blink a that second. In a second. Wow, you are an alien. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then there's the To the Stars Academy, I think it's called. Yeah. So he was. So, so, so he doesn't want to say anything. So he, to to expand like we did earlier in the week, it's like he's pressuring, or he's coming out with this, and you know he had Harry Reid on his side who's since retired, but Harry came on. I saw. Did you see? He had an interview. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, did he's, you see he's done that? Several. He did. The, he did sixty minutes too, and he did. Um some other stuff well he did harry came out right after the report this week and they asked him what cool. what is this oh, i didn't see that yeah what is this what is this you know and he just said that it's a preliminary he, harry just said harry didn't say anything bad he simply stated that this was a preliminary this is the first part of it. now you know this is the first part there's another part right i mean this is just this is a preliminary this is a first of another part that we haven't seen that maybe they they said that they what i the saw yeah the classified portion has been sent to members of congress and that we will may never know what's in that so what is the purpose of the whole you're making the public happy because now they can acknowledge the fact that we have no that we know there's ufos but we can't do shit to figure out what they're doing why they're doing it why are they even here i mean that's the question since you know yeah, way back when i mean it's the same thing that we saw in the that we saw yeah that that we're seeing in rupelt's book that was happening in the 1950s early 1950s right is uh there was enormous pushback at the pentagon against the ufo stuff and the only reason that Project Blue Book, Grudge. Well, Grudge went forward, and then after that it was Blue Book. The only reason these programs moved forward was because of political and public pressure. And uh, it's the same thing here. This is There's a lot of political and public pressure to get information. It's, it's uh, I don't know. The, the U.S. government, I, I don't know. I don't know. This information gets lost. People yeah, that, have their yeah. little, they have their fiefdoms that they protect, that protect you. Um, I mean, if, yeah, if you go into sort of the speculative part of it, it's if they have captured UFOs, like I said, you know, the, yeah. you, if you're dealing with advanced technology that isn't in this day and age, this stuff wouldn't be worth millions or billions. It's trillions. It's probably quadrillions worth yeah. of, of money. Look at if if the whole microchip thing, as uh, Corso talks about in the day after Roswell, if that is a true story, or was a true story, that's look at the microchip industry. There's microchips in everything now. Uh, that's that's a multi-trillion trillions of dollars at stake. So any um, if the government or agencies or people or private enterprises have any of this technology, it's, uh, it's worth 
trillions. So there's a, there's a, a very strong monetary reason to keep it secret. Plus, there's the uh, the IP issue. It's like, well, you know, I didn't invent microchips. I uh, I found it on a spaceship. Well, you know, yeah. I'm not sure you can patent stuff that you found. And how and you know it's the spaceship belonged to somebody, so you're you're essentially taking their technology and you're uh, you know saying that you claiming it as your own yeah yeah so that's a whole sort of story there. One of the things that I liked in this report is that they go uh, they need better reporting and accounting. Uh, here they go. They go the initial focus. Oh, the UAP has begun developing interagency processing workflows to ensure both collection and analysis will be well-informed and coordinated. I actually have some forms here that they could use um, that, uh, let's see, UF Air Force Technical Information Sheet. This questionnaire has been prepared so that you can give the U.S. Air Force as much information as possible concerning the unidentified aerial phenomenon that you have observed. Um, is this new or is this from old? Oh, this is this is the forms that Project Blue Book put together. Oh, this is the the eleven page form. Yeah, I looked, uh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, we need to develop, we need to put together some some uh, uniform uh, reporting system. I got a form you can start with. Yeah, how's that? How's I, that? You know, so it's only, it's, yeah, you get only, yeah, you lose interest after the first two pages. Yeah, this is too much work. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to do that. You know, they want to know everything, and it it, it actually is a good good way to um, it actually is a good way to capture the whatever information they can if they get it in a timely manner. Because you know, your mind has a tendency to yeah. After a while, yeah. it's kind of like yeah. you start inserting your own yeah, <laughs> items in there that weren't really well, there. I think I really saw, like, and uh... I think I saw that, and. I think this was happened, and this was that. Yeah, and then I, I remember just, this. Well, if you think about technology, where were we? Fifty years, where were we in nineteen hundred? Fifty years, or uh, roughly nineteen hundred? Where were we technology-wise in nineteen hundred? You and I both know we weren't. Um, oh, that as, was, a, that, as opposed to changed hugely. Fifty years after yeah, nineteen fifty, yeah. where are we? I mean, it's... Uh, we had radar, sonar, airplanes, yeah. um, automobile. Yeah, we didn't even have... 1900, did we even have... I mean, you know, they were riding those bicycles with the big front tire on them still, right? Well, in 1900, you had steamships. You had railroads. Yeah. Uh, you would have, like... Uh, I think they you had gas lighting, at least. Might have had electric lighting. I, I don't, I'd have to look it up. But the standard of living and the quality of life in 1900 was pretty darn good. Um, you didn't have, um, you had a lot of convenience. You also had the, um, uh, well, you had railroads, telegraph, lots of newspapers, um, tram cars, tram cars. If you lived in a city, you had uh, public, lots of really good public transportation. Uh, if you were modestly... Um, well off, you would have most people. I mean, if you're rural, you would have horses. But if in the city, if you um, modestly well off, you could have a, horses at a local stable, and or even houses. I remember some houses in Chicago 
uh, the uh, little garages on some of these houses were actually designed to hold um, a horse and a carriage. Yeah. So you would have you could have your horse, you'd have your carriage. Um, you might pay a guy to come and take care of the horse and deal with the carriage when he got home from work or whatever, or do it yourself or have the kids do it. Um, standard of living and, and lifestyle was pretty good. If you wanted to take a vacation, you could take a train anywhere in the country. Uh, you take a, a ship, a steam-powered ship, and cross the Atlantic and go to Europe. So that the world was pretty modern in 1900, but then 50 years later, you got airplanes, you got radio, uh, television was coming up, uh, electricity, everything was electrified. Uh, so the the big change was space, in space, air power, yeah, mobile, space stations. 1950. No, but I mean now, 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 we've got space now stations. we have space stations. Now there's you know. two space stations. There's there's ours and the Russians. Oh, I didn't know and we had two. I thought there was only one. There's we two. have one, and the Chinese just put one up. Oh wow! It's now manned. Yeah, Chinese. There's Chinese space station, and then there's ours with the Russians. And apparently, the I don't know if this is still true, but the Americans and the Russian astronauts. Um, it was like the siblings that are fighting in their, their bedroom. There's like a line down the middle of the ship where, you know, the Russians are on one side and the Americans are on oh the other side. God, and nobody, really? nobody talks to each other. It was like that a few years ago. I don't know what's going on now. Yeah, yeah it's just crazy. Um, yeah. But, I mean, this, we, uh, to me it's kind of obvious that because Roswell seems to be like we, I don't want to equate, I'm not religious, but, you know, year zero before Christ, after Christ, it's almost like Roswell technology. Roswell is the before, before Roswell and after Roswell technology. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, um, everything, that's year one, that's year zero. I mean. Um, well, that's, that's year zero if you think about it. Like this guy is saying, if you it's year zero, if you say like, so if you found a microchip on the Roswell wreckage and you could take it apart and you look at it in a microscope and you go, this is an electronic device. Um, you can see what it looks like. If you have enough of them, you can analyze the materials that they're made of. You could make conjectures about what it does. And if it's like modern microchips just use direct current, you could actually run some current through it and take measurements and see what that does. And then the whole process is, okay, we can see this, we see what it does, we know what it's made of, <coughs> let's make, uh, let's try and make it. And, you know, 10 years after Roswell, um, microchips were being made. I got a cough, hang on. <coughs> so, um, so it's plausible in this, if you look at sort of the technological timeline, it's very plausible that if they found microchips on Roswell, it could fit into the technological timeline. And one of the things about that's always um, irritated me about the computation, uh, the computer revolution is our hardware has always been more advanced than our software. And it's, uh, we're still at that state where our hardware, our software is still catching up with, with the software. And that also is, an, not that I believe this, but this is also an argument for um, the potential that like microchips were a very advanced technology that we adapted and developed uh, that sort of leapfrogged us forward. But, you know, I don't know, uh, the history of the, the microchips or development is very well documented. 
Uh, I like the idea. Uh, I don't know if it's true. Yeah. Did you so we'll, um, no, I'm just looking at the time. Uh, yeah. We're we should probably wrap so we can get past we so we can get past we can get past this episode this this episode this uh, chapter of Rupelt's chapter, book. Chapter basically, five. yeah. So basically, the Dark Ages. We know that you know they moved. You know they basically moved on from Grudge. In the well, end. the Dark, dark Ages was. That was great. That was what's, where they debunk basically debunking all of. Yeah, it and was. That, that was uh, and what Rupelt says is that the standard intelligence procedures were no longer being used by Project Grudge. Everything was being evaluated on the premise that UFOs couldn't exist, no matter what you see or hear. Don't believe it. They also that's also the point, which is this is good. Is Project Grudge brought in Dr. Hynek. And right. his job was to analyze the data from these observations and determine if they were, um, um, you know, hoaxes, balloons, planets, sundogs, or whatever. And so this was, this, that was a bonus. He came in, and uh, Hynek actually, uh, this was the beginning of his journey for, for UFO investigation because there were many cases that... Um, that he saw that people uh, that were unexplained. And there's a, a case, I was trying to look this up just before we, we got on. There's a case of 7 7 1947 where somebody took pictures of a UFO, and Hynek said that this one was actually pretty compelling. Yeah. And wanted it to be further investigated. And he tried to get. Uh, the negatives and the photographs and the guy that took the picture i couldn't find um in the official sort of stuff i have i couldn't find um information i have to look further so the guy that took the picture air force he gave the camera the film and the photos that he he'd had made to the air force and then it just disappeared into a black hole and Heineck had read the reports read this report it's like report number 40 that they'd had and he's like we need to look further into this i'd like more information they couldn't get it no oh, wow. um so yeah and also at, during project grudge the um there was a couple saturday evening post articles that came out in april and may in 1949 which uh, put a positive spin on um UFOs and basically I think I'd have to look at the articles again, but they basically said, you know, something's going on. Something interesting is going on. Um, well, then Kehoe put out an article on True, right? True. Kehoe's article came out and then the um, the response of the Air Force was... Um, Shrugging their for, shoulders. Uh, I don't know. Well, a general, their, the response by the Air Force was, okay, the policy is a general officer would hold a short press conference, flashes stars, and speak yeah. the magic words, hoaxes, hallucinations, yeah. and the misidentification of known objects. And they figured that would just drive everything out of people's minds and, and everyone would forget about UFOs. It hasn't happened in it, 70 years. It, yeah, and it's only gotten worse. We more yeah. people, When I talked to, I was on the phone with a customer this week and uh, we were talking about various subjects, and inevitably I will ask, so you believe in UFOs and aliens? They, somebody's going to mark me as a crackpot eventually, but um, yeah, it's interesting. Be The response is like there's millions of planets out there. How can 
there not be anything else? And that's always been the thing. Yeah. I mean, there's millions of planets, but can anybody find us? We can't find anything yet. We don't have the technology to like go running around looking, but the tele, you know, we have our telescopes that could. Yeah. And the the spectrographic analysis and stuff. And, um, I was reading that book extraterrestrial about that, uh, object that came through the solar system that that one guy the harvard astronomer said thought it yeah. was a, a light sail yeah and i didn't know this because I, I don't follow this stuff but i can't remember he says there's like one third of the planets in the solar not the galaxy yeah. their universe have uh water right so yeah and some huge number are potentially habitable so it's just not it's you know there's there's that i also sent you that thing uh about the religious person's take on extraterrestrial life yeah. which i i hadn't known about and that this one guy was just saying that it's not compatible with um with the bible and stuff yes yeah. which uh which is interesting i hadn't i hadn't seen that before so i guess this guy was a well-known is a well-known religious figure so there is uh, there is a body of people that's something we we've talked about that before where is this going to be a problem for religion you know religious people of course i don't know if they're i don't know what percentage of people are quote-unquote religious you know but i mean if we just all outside all of a sudden aliens pop up we've got bodies frozen in right patterson air force base or whatever or, yeah, or they're the, shaking or they're shaking hands with the president yeah one or the other is this gonna what kind of a rift is this gonna cause in you know in in our in yeah. humanity you know is this a is this a is this gonna be a huge problem where people are just gonna freak the hell out or are we ready for this i mean you and i are ready for it yeah yeah that's fine well we got yeah, I've been ready i've, I've been, been ready. ready for a long time but it's kind of like they're not shooting at us. They're not. I know the probe thing. Oh yeah, they're taking us into their ship and they're sticking probes up our butts. I don't. There's not much of that coming out anymore. If it is, you know, I, we're, I'm not well, hearing there, about there's it. There's the there's the whole abduction thing, which yeah, it comes comes back to the point and of, of like you just did that video with um, flat Earth. Yeah. Girl. Yeah. Um, and and reading some of these things, and I'm reading a little bit on subduction stuff. I think one of the things is you have to be you have to be open to people's experiences and their opinions, which seems to be diminishing in this day and age. Yes, um, and not just look at everything and say it's crap. So you have you just had a person that has a, a specific worldview that is interesting. Um, yes, I don't I don't necessarily believe with believe um, her worldview. But I'm looking forward to. She had some sort of documentary or something coming yeah, up. Yeah, Earthers. I'm actually. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I am too. I, I think I'm looking forward to it. I want to see it. Yeah, so if yeah. you think if you believe something, uh, show me the evidence and uh, convince me. Uh, it doesn't. I'm you know I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to uh, eat you know take a lot of hokum and and swallow it whole. Uh, yeah, show me your evidence. Tell me your story. So it's there's, there's I could I could tell you a story from grad school if we got time. Do you want to keep going? No, we got to wrap it up. But hold that for next time. Oh, maybe next. Yeah. Next time. But for next time, we're gonna wrap this one up. Thank you, Bill. Thanks for joining us. 
Thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Alien Probe Podcast. We welcome comments, questions, or requests to alienprobepodcast at gmail.com. Visit us on Facebook at the Alien Probe Podcast, our website at alienprobe.net, Twitter and Instagram at Alien Probe Pod. Find us at Spotify, Apple, Google, and all podcast platforms. And now, catch us on YouTube. Thanks to our senior producer, Robert Anthony. Thanks again, Bill. Until next time. All right.